Podcast, the podcast, the Batman podcast for people who love hot cousins. I'm Danny. And I'm uh, Yari. And Hi. We, we are watching every Batman movie ever made from 1943 to the present. Yari, what did we watch this week? We watched Batman Superman Apocalypse. That's right. Uh, Wallace and Jacob have the week off. Uh-huh. Uh, Wallace is in a show or something, and Jacob is moving right okay. now, so he doesn't have time. But uh, comedian... Yari Tall is on the show with us. Hi, how's it going, everybody? You can't cool. respond, I guess. <laughs> Say it to yourselves. Yeah. Uh, in I your think, own time. I was thinking time. about this the other day. I think he might have been the first comedian I met in New York. Really? I think so. Oh, because I, I think we started out... I mean, you did comedy before in right. D.C. Right. Um, but we started out in New York maybe roughly around the same time. Oh, is that right? How long ago did you move here? But. Three years ago? Yeah, I've been doing comedy for three years and some change. Oh, so. no shit. Yeah, so um, we probably met around the same time. Yeah. I was probably doing a lot of jerk-off material at the time, which is uh, uh, not so far off from what I do now. But when I first started, it was exclusively material about jacking off. I think every new comedian does a lot of jerk-off material and yeah. thinks like, Oh, how has no one come up with this? Yeah. Uh, well, everyone has come up yeah. with it, and then they move past it <laughs> exactly. at some point. Everyone says, like, maybe I can do something yeah. that's better than this. Because everyone starts out hearing the, like, one Louis C.K. joke. Well, the many Louis C.K. jokes about jerking off. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, uh, that's easy. I yeah. can do that. <laughs> or they do, like, what if I just say something horribly offensive? And just shock everyone, and that'll be like, I've discovered this shortcut to laughter. (laughs) People who've been doing the same open mics for 10 years still do that exact same, (laughs) exact same thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm super happy to be here. Yeah. I'm actually not uh, too well informed in the Batman canon. I was going to ask you, what is your relationship with Batman? Do you know Uh, Batman? um, Look, I haven't converted to the Church of Batman yet. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know, I haven't been saved, um, baptized, if you will. <laughs> oh, God, we've um, been looking for a new name for this podcast. <laughs> Church of Batman, my first strong contender. Um, but I saw The Dark Knight. Okay. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> oh, man, you didn't yeah. even see the, the, the other, the two bookings that series. No, no, I didn't. Oh, I have them both on my laptop, um, so and I just never have, got around to watching this it. This must have been a very confusing movie for you. <laughs> well, this, Batman didn't really do that much in this yeah. movie. He, like, mostly just, like, did little one-liners. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Batman was kind of, like, for most of the movie anyway, he was kind of, like, early Gene Belcher in Bob's Burgers, <laughs> where, like, everyone else would have a plot, and yeah. Gene would just be like, here's a fart joke, <laughs> and then, like, edit scene to yeah. the next one. It, the title's kind of misleading yeah. in this. It's not really Superman, Batman, yeah. Apocalypse. It's like Supergirl, yeah. Batman, Superman, Apocalypse. They could have just called it The Origin of Supergirl. That would have also been a better That's name. kind of a spoiler, though. <laughs> the... But it's a spoiler for something that happens like 10 minutes into the well, movie. Let me ask you a question, because I don't know anything about comic books really all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like Watchmen. Okay. Um, I read that book probably once every six months or so. It's a great book. It's uh, amazing. Um... I've read The Killing Joke. Okay. Um, I've read a bunch of Green Lantern editions because, um, like, five summers ago, my co-counselor at camp only wore Green Lantern shirts, <laughs> and 
only liked an only read Green Lantern canon, so mm-hmm. I would just like read a whole bunch of that stuff. But beyond that, I don't really read comic books all that much. I don't really watch superhero movies all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's my question. Okay. Is the only thing that can kill Superman Kryptonite? Uh, pretty super Kryptonite's like his main weakness. Yeah. Uh, he's also weak to magic. Okay. And then sometimes he can just get punched to death. <laughs> okay. Because Doomsday uh, killed him in like the, the famous death of Superman by basically just punching him really hard. Punching him until he died? Yeah. Because I was curious, like, this seems like such a futile effort. To, like, try to kill Superman. Like, he had to have a pretty big ego yeah. to, like, try to kill Superman, right? That's exactly the problem with Superman. That's yeah. why he's not an interesting character. He's never in danger. Yeah. It's very hard to, yeah. <laughs> to put him in danger. Yeah, because the whole time I was, like... Kind of, you know how in video games there's, like... I'm thinking of Pokemon in specific. I don't really play video games either. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Pokemon there's, like, hit points. Mm-hmm. And if you lose a certain amount of hit points, you die. Yeah. Um, I was, like... I have zero concept of what Superman's <laughs> hit points are because that like Omega Blast thing. Yeah. That was that Doomsday that was doing that. Or no, that was um. That was uh, Dark Side. Dark Side. Yeah. Um, that was doing like Omega beams to him. I was like, I have no concept of how much this is hurting him <laughs> because like they threw Superman down like a huge flight of stairs and he didn't have a scratch on him. Yeah. Then the Omega beams hit him and like half of his face was like covered in soot. That's uh, one of the problems with comic books is a lot of those questions really just depend on who the writer is in that moment. And Superman can be strong enough to like, lift an entire continent in one thing, and <laughs> then another continent, he's struggling to pick up a car. Yeah. It, it just really, there's no consistency. Yeah, and it seemed like there was, like, there was a point where he was just so tired after, like, do, like killing that whole army of, like... Whatever those dudes were yeah. that were attacking the Amazon, not Amazons, were they Amazons? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, didn't see Wonder Woman either. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was um, another thing they really. Well, because me. they wouldn't let me into the theater, because <laughs> I'm a man. <laughs> this is the this is the men's rights podcast, That's right? right. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, there was like the thing. First of all, I was like, why don't you do that in the first place? Like, yeah. just eradicate all those people. Yeah. And then he got really tired. I was like, oh, because it made it's it made him really point. tired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that uh, th- those things that it was Doomsday. That was the thing that in the death of Superman, one of those killed him, and then there's four thousand of them, and Batman's like single-handedly killing them. Everyone's killing Doomsday, but one of them was enough to take on Superman. Yeah. four thousand is no 4, 000, problem. No problem for Batman. Yeah, yeah. who's just a man. Yeah. <laughs> Batman has no that, superpowers. Yeah. He's just a rich dude. That uh, that, that trope in movies always drives me nuts. Where it's like in the the Matrix where. Uh, the first time um, Neo killed, like, an agent, it was a huge fight. And then the second movie, he's killing, like, 30 of them at a time. It's not a big yeah. deal. Yeah, it's like that in Kill Bill, too. Yeah. Um, it's like, why even hire people who are, like, that low-skilled at attacking a person? Yeah. Like, why not just get everybody who's good? Or just... Because you're just killing people for no reason at that point. Yeah. Um, also, like, in anime, mm-hmm. something that happens a lot is, like... A character will, like, almost die, and they'll be on the ground, and everyone will be like, oh, no, they're dead. And then, like, they'll, like, open their eyes and be like, oh, they're alive. And that happened a lot in this movie. And I feel like in the limited amount of engagement I have with comic books and superhero stuff is, like, you think they're dead, and then they open their eyes. Yeah. But, like, again, on that hit point scale, I don't know where that (laughs) falls. The the style of this was also... It's not quite anime, but it looked pretty close 
Yeah, it, the animations, I was trying to, like, pinpoint what they were going for. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of, like, individual outlined breasts in this. <laughs> yes. Like, sometimes there's, um, like, in stuff, there's, like, just the general idea of, like, boobs. <laughs> Uh, it's like oh there's a shirt and then there's yeah. like a thing that's like sticking out like a triangle or a circle <laughs> like a right. semicircle yeah. but this was just like a lot of like individual boobs and i yeah. was watching this with um a girl that i'm seeing mm -hmm. and we were both like this movie is like getting us hot <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um no we were both like there's a lot of like boob in this movie yeah um and i just wasn't sure how to feel about it and a lot of the guys were like Drawn too muscular. Yeah, to yeah. Point, it, it was weird. It didn't yeah. look right. But like small heads yes, too. Their yes. heads were so yeah. small. And they look very Asian. Yeah. Oh, Superman, his eyes were very Yeah, very narrow. small, yeah. And, um, and his chin was so big. Yeah. He had this like huge chin. Yeah. Um, which I didn't really, I didn't really get. Um, I also thought that it was um, funny <laughs> that um, the only defining characteristic they gave to Supergirl was that she loved shopping. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they never explained why uh, Crypto, the dog, is that his name? Yeah. Um, um, was angry at her. <laughs> he just like got angry at her like 10 minutes yeah. into the first movie and then we never that saw that again. That's like something that should have come back. Yeah. That was uh, Chekhov's Superdog. <laughs> yeah, Chekhov's Superdog. Yeah. Um, I, so, let, let's get into the, the plot of this. Yeah. Um, so this takes place a few weeks after uh, a, a movie we watched a few months ago, uh, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. There's actually okay. a, That's a, with Chuck D and Flavor Flav in it. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Superman and Batman joined Public Enemies. Yeah. They, they started their rap career. Well, it does take a nation of millions to hold <laughs> Superman back, so I, I would assume. Um, so... This is an unusual bit of continuity. Usually these, these movies don't have any connection to yeah. one another. They stand alone. Yeah. And this didn't really need to have any continuity. <laughs> it's just like a passing reference to to, to some... Uh, they reference the fact that uh, Lex Luthor was president and he was impeached and yeah. arrested. Uh, yeah, I heard that in the beginning. I was like, I don't remember if Lex Luthor was in the Superman or the Batman canon. Uh Well, they're in the same universe. Yeah. He's primarily a Superman. The so. Superman enemy. Yeah. Um, so they said that, and I was like, um, oh, um, I guess that will be a thing. No, but no, it doesn't up. reference it again. Yeah. It was just acknowledging that there was a movie before this. Okay. Um, there's also, there, there's like a, a news anchor who's giving like some, some exposition, and uh, there's one comment she makes that um, uh, she says that there's been no comment from Batman about Lex Luthor's arrest, which seems insane because he's a vigilante. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. Not, like, Does he have a press conference? Yeah. Like, a, like, a, like a PR person? Yeah, exactly. But then they said that Superman has been testifying at Luthor's hearings. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I guess this is a thing. It's, so is this like a, we hate all super, like, what is the relationship to superheroes in society in this uh, timeline? Um, I, you know, I guess this does kind of, it is a little important that this comes after Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, because Lex Luthor had outlawed all superheroes. Okay. Except so for... So an incredible situation. Yeah, except for there's like four or five that were like on the government payroll. Okay. And is Superman one of them? He was not. Okay. That's why he was one of the Public Enemies. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. That... <laughs> Who were the ones that were on the government payroll? 
Captain Adam, Major Force, Power Girl. <laughs> Power Girl? Yeah. Such a, such a lazy name for yeah. <laughs> yes. this. She's, Power Girl is supposed to be like Super Girl from another dimension, which is weird that they already had Power Girl in here. <laughs> but no Super but Girl. But no Super Girl. Yeah. Also, I was, one thing I was thinking about was that it's just so funny that like, Superman, that, like, is, it like, a 1930s, like, yeah. that's, like, the, like, Grandmaster Flash, <laughs> like, like, their first, like, rapper names, <laughs> were all, like, oh, I like Pizza Pie, and <laughs> my name is, like, Pizza Joe, <laughs> so it's, like, Superman, like, okay, yeah. it's, like, a Superman, yeah. but now, like, rappers, um, are all named, like, like, really, like, obscure, <laughs> like, things, like, yeah. like, um, Lil Pete, R.I.P. to him, um, but like that's such a silly name. Yeah, you would never rapper. go by Super Peep. Yeah, <laughs> that's like um, that's like a late stage rapper <laughs> name. Whereas like a uh, Wizard King is like is like the first first Wizard gen. First gen, yeah. I don't know the 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 metaphor seems like it breaks down. Guess, Wizard King rappers. I guess not. Um, but yeah, so like there's a whole. Like, Superman is, like, the most simple name that you could... Like, it's literally a Superman. And and his whole character and his powers are... He just has all the powers. (laughs) That's his his, his superpower. His ice breath? Yeah. When did that... I didn't know that. The, the, uh... He used to be even worse. In, like, the 80s, they kind of retconned a lot of stuff. They took away a lot of Superman's powers. Okay. But it used to be just whatever power he needed in that moment. Okay. Like, he had super ventriloquism at one point. <laughs> super knitting abilities. Okay. So, it just anything he needed in the situation, he okay. just declared he had that, that ability. Okay, so these, these, uh, superheroes that were on the government payroll, were they people that Lex Luthor liked? Yeah. They okay. were working for it. They were working for it, so they're like bad superheroes. They're like evil. Uh, I don't know about evil, but they're were, they were corrupted. Kind okay. Of. They're misled. Okay. So they were, um, like, they helped Lex Luthor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And were they antagonizing Batman and Superman? Yeah, because Batman and Superman were still working after having been outlawed. Yeah. And so these guys were kind of reluctantly pursuing them and, and kind of torn between obeying the law and obeying what they believed to be right. Okay. Cool. Uh, but that was the previous movie. Yeah. And this one, uh, Lex Luthor's been impeached and superheroes are legal again? Question mark? Um, so, uh, and there's also in the previous movie, there's a, a kryptonite meteor that was going to hit the earth but they stopped it and it exploded and, okay um so batman does kryptonite affect humans i'm sorry that this is all like basic nerd uh, no, no, no. Uh, nerd 101 it, <laughs> it does not in like a brief exposure it doesn't really affect humans mm-hmm. i think there was a storyline where lex Luthor gets cancer from just being exposed to so much kryptonite for okay. so many years okay but it, normally it doesn't affect okay. humans okay cool um so the there's like a kryptonite, a bunch of kryptonites that's landed in uh, Gotham City Harbor. So Batman goes to investigate it, and he he's wearing he's like scuba diving in like a Batman costume. Mm-hmm. It's like designed for scuba diving. Yeah, yeah. Which is like why why does he need to protect his identity when he's underwater? <laughs> yeah. Is that like like is it gonna be like actual scuba divers like looking at him and they should be like, okay, that was weird, and like moving on. <laughs> yeah. Because like there's some like. When they go later on in the movie, 
to like the suburbs where the like former warrior mm-hmm. um, Big was Barda. what? Big Barda. Big Barda. Yeah. It's a funny name. <laughs> uh, also, they kept calling Wonder Woman Diana yeah. during the movie. Yeah. But, but they all call him Superman. They don't call him Clark. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. Anyway, um, but they like landed in the suburbs, uh-huh. and like nobody like batted an eye. There's, like, one woman who's, like, across the street who was, like, shocked but didn't, yeah. like, do anything. Yeah. Like, is there, like, a superhero hotline that they could be, like, can, uh, yeah, they're, they're right here. They're just standing around. Yeah. I think they're illegal, but maybe not. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're illegal again. Yeah. If they're allowed to do this. Um, <clears throat> so he's, he's scuba diving for kryptonite, and then, uh, he finds this mysterious sunken spacecraft. And uh, a beautiful young girl emerges from the water and accidentally wrecks Batman's boat. Uh, she's naked and has no knowledge of Earth languages or customs. Oh, and there's those creepy dudes. Yeah. Those creepy, like, dock workers. Yeah. Why aren't there any, like, respectful dock workers? <laughs> like, like, even in The Wire, the dock workers in The Wire, they were all pretty disrespectful, too. There's certain professions that only seem to attract creepy dudes. That's true. Like, there's no... Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, like... Feminist construction workers. Yeah. It's like cat calling, like really positive <laughs> things. Hey, you need twenty three percent more. <laughs> <laughs> the wage gap is really fucked up. I'm sorry to have to go through that. Yo, you're a strong, independent woman. <laughs> um, so intersectional construction workers. Yeah. Uh, so she's she's naked and uh, she gets harassed by these construction workers. <laughs> I'm just thinking of a construction worker going, You can't dismantle the master's house with the master's tools. <laughs> Bell Hooks said that. <laughs> uh, so she she is harassed by them and she attacks them out of uh, self defense. Then a third one just uh, gives her his, his trench coat to cover herself. Mm-hmm. And. Um, she kind of goes into the city and kind of inadvertently wreaks havoc with her her superpowers. Yeah. And she doesn't really realize that she has superpowers, doesn't know how to control them. She kind of starts flying without knowing what it is or how to control it. Mm-hmm. Starts shooting lasers from her eyes. She's like floating. Almost yeah. like a reverse of, this is where the anime comes in, a reverse of um, Ghost in the Shell, mm-hmm. where she's kind of being submerged. Okay. Uh, Major is being submerged. Is Major from... Ghost in the Shell? I don't know. I don't know anime I very think, well. Okay, I think so. You should read the the manga for Ghost in the Shell. Really I'll check good. it out. Yeah. I like manga a little bit more than I do uh, just regular comic books, but I'm not super well versed in those either. Sure. Um, but My girlfriend's really into Sailor Moon. So oh, that's cool. Like the only manga in the middle. <laughs> that's sweet. Yeah. Um, but she's like floating down, I think. Maybe I'm thinking of like um, Akira or something too, which is a great movie if you haven't seen it. It's like I a know. masterpiece. Okay. Um, but anyway, it's almost like a reverse of that where she's floating up. Okay. Anyway, you don't get these <laughs> references. You don't have the visual of this. And your audience like isn't seeing this, the up and down. Like it's, it's either this thing you've never heard of or maybe it's that other thing you've never <laughs> heard of. Um, but yeah, like, the, but that goes back to like the anime style um, influences maybe that we were talking yeah. about earlier. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and, and then so uh, with, with Superman's help, they... Batman kind of stops Supergirl and gets her into control, and they discover that the girl is Kara Zor-El, the uh, Superman's cousin, his biological cousin, and she just immediately uh, learns English, which 
it, she learned it so quickly yeah. and like off screen that it's almost like why why don't I just have her speak English? From the start? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Why didn't she, like they made a big deal out of like oh you learn so fast? Yeah. Like, who cares? Yeah, just if, if it's not going to be significant, just yeah. have her speak English. And they also did that, like, the pacing of the her getting her powers mm-hmm. was not very, uh, like, getting control of her powers. She was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And then, like, she lands on the Amazon planet, and she's like, oh, I immediately now know what I'm doing. Like, yeah. there was no montage right. of, like, <laughs> like let's get down to biz, like, the Hun <laughs> montage from right. Mulan. There was none of that yeah. with her. Yeah, I, I don't know what the... Well, we'll, we'll get to that in a, in a, in a second, but... Um, so he, they teach her English and help her to, to adjust to Earth society. Uh, Batman re- remains suspicious of her, though. And um, uh, they, they take her shopping, and she's really into to becoming an Earth girl. She loves shopping. Loves shopping. Why? Is it like, <laughs> like, what is the message of that, like, on every planet, like, women be shopping? Like, Even alien women. Yeah. This is just universal, beyond universal. Yeah. Uh, galactic? I, I don't know. What would be the... Intergalactic? Intergalactic among just all females in every species. <laughs> yeah, every species. Like, you'll see, like, a female squirrel, like, <laughs> go into Barney's and buy, like, <laughs> like that really, like, like, quote-unquote skimpy outfit. And yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing air quotes. That's uh. why I said quote-unquote. And, because I don't want to, like, slut-shame a cartoon or anything. But Superman was like, absolutely not. And she was like... I'm taking this. And it's like, <laughs> why? Like, there's no point to any of that other yeah. than women be shopping. Like, that's the only reason they included that montage. I, I guess the idea is, like, she's, they, they want to establish that she really wants to be, like, a typical Earth girl. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what they could have done in two minutes to, to establish that she's trying to behave like a typical Earth girl. What, what would you have done? What would I have done differently? Yeah. What would um, be, you have two minutes to show an activity that a typical Earth girl likes uh, to do? Reading uh, We Should All Be Feminist by Chimamanda. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I would like... Like, she could go to the mall, but like interact with other teenagers. Not like immediately go into like the expensive stores. Like walk up to some Earth women or Earth teenagers and be like, Hey, I'm... Uh, they didn't give her an Earth name. Did they? Um, I don't think... Kara. Kara. Okay, I thought that was her Krypton name. I guess it is. What is her... So, Kara's also an Earth name. Yeah. So, she could have gone up to, like, some teenagers and been like, Hey, I'm Kara, like, what do you guys... I'm new in town. What do you guys do for fun around here? And Superman would just, like, sit and read a newspaper, and she could, like, go and, like, get Auntie Anne's... Uh, that sounds like something fun that ever, that, uh, you know, is Earth girl thing. Yeah. It's Earth like, girls love it. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you know, like walk around Bath and Body Works, mm-hmm. um, but not like do the whole like montage of like her loving shopping and like <laughs> being upset that she broke a nail later in the, yeah, like the laziest weird. writing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, no, I just have her, like, do, like, write, like, teenager shit. Yeah. Like, you know. Just getting high in your friend's basement. <laughs> yeah, getting high. Uh, doing what I did as a teenager, which is um, furiously masturbate all the time. 
So you think that would be the better movie? <laughs> the better movie. If she's just furiously sitting in her parents' basement, um, not knowing how to clear cachet, so just hoping your parents don't type the letter P into into uh, the search browser. This is a very different movie. Yeah, this is a very different we're movie. describing. Yeah. Um, you know, do a lot of short form improv in <laughs> her high school. <laughs> Um, be in a play, <laughs> you know, <laughs> classic, like, normal teenager stuff. Yeah, stay up really late watching Adult Swim. Yeah. And then just pass out in the first period. <laughs> Getting beat up on the bus. <laughs> classic Earth Coast. Yeah, trying to, uh, take out your frustrations on the one kid you were bigger than, but then, like, trying for one second and feeling super guilty and not doing it anymore. <laughs> I feel like we've moved away from Earth you know, you know, maybe have a, a loving relationship with her mother and father, you know, <laughs> maybe, um, I don't know, maybe she shouldn't have uh, uh, drank too much in college and maybe worked on her grades and gotten better grades. <laughs> you know, maybe not spent two years of wasting her life in uh, living in her parents' house when she moved <laughs> back to New York, you know. <laughs> Are you doing okay? <laughs> no, I'm fine. I'm fine. But no, eventually she like starts doing therapy. She's on a bunch of antidepressants. Um, she has learned to control her anxiety attacks a little bit. She's doing great. She is uh, really, really killing it right now in the New York comedy scene. And someday she'll get on a podcast. <laughs> someday she'll get on a podcast. Talk about um, Yari Danny <laughs> apocalypse. <laughs> Uh, so, so, so I'm doing great. Doing Thanks great. for asking. <laughs> um, so they were, she's shopping and she, she gets, um, uh, Wonder Woman and, uh, uh, this woman, Lila, uh, Harbinger, they, they show up and, um, and they, they ambush Kara and, and, uh, and Superman and, um, they take her to, uh, Themyscira, the Amazon, uh, home island, Paradise mm -hmm. Island. And reasoning that only there can she learn to control her powers, um, which is a weird. It, it, again, it's it's like a attempt at a kind of a feminist message, but it's yeah. like forcing her to. They're kidnapping her, yeah. forcing her <laughs> yeah. to become a feminist. Yeah, um, and there's this whole battle of like, I know what's best for her. No, I know what's best for her, and she's like a teenager being like. Why can't I know what's best for myself? And then it ends up that Superman actually knew what was best yeah, exactly. for her. Like, the message of the movie was like, listen to your dad, kids. Like, yeah, your you dad can have slash cousin. Yeah, your dad cousin. <laughs> but he was like, why not just make her, like, not his cousin? Like, yeah. like his niece or something. And, uh, why, why does she have to be related to him at all? Yeah, like, it should just be like another person. Like a, time. It, I mean, the fact that there's only two Kryptonians left alive and you made it impossible for them to have sex without it being weird. <laughs> <laughs> why would you why would you put that on them? That's <laughs> So they're extinct basically. Yeah. Well do Kryptonians like have a a lifespan or can they just live indefinitely unless they Kryptonite introduced into their system. That's a good question. I don't. I don't know the answer to that. Is that ever explored in in Superman canon? Uh, I mean, presumably he ages. I, yeah. I guess he's got to die eventually. Yeah, but a weird thing about this movie is that it's billed Batman Superman, mm -hmm. but we've only been talking about Superman. So Batman's far. not that 
a huge yeah. part of this. He like does like the plot twist at the end. Yeah. Um, He's got a little jetpack thing he rides around <laughs> yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um, but like, I also think it's weird that like other superheroes see Batman as an equal, at least in this movie, mm-hmm. because he's a human. Right. And they're all, oh, well, I guess like they're all different species of aliens and people. Like, yeah. Wonder Woman is, uh, Amazon. Yeah. Superman is a Kryptonian and Batman is just a, a classic man, as Jadena once said. <laughs> classic man. Yeah, he's a classic man. <laughs> um, but... Like, I just think it's weird that, like, people, like, maybe, I think it's nice, maybe we're so inundated with, like, (laughs) supremacy in our system that, like, systems are all kind of have this hierarchy of, like, everything. Mm -hmm. So, but, like, in my head, I was like, oh, why wouldn't Superman and Wonder Woman, like, lord it over Batman (laughs) that they have superpowers and he doesn't? I I think, um... It seems like the obvious thing would be that they can destroy him, but there's been, like, a number of examples in comics where he's fought Superman to a standstill, and, like, he's proven himself to be their, their equal. He's just so smart and plans ahead and has so many gadgets. Okay. And, um, so he's able to, to stand as their equal. So uh, money can buy you yeah, exactly. happiness. Is what, is what the, <laughs> or the, power. Yeah, oh, cool. I don't know about yeah, money, um, And money will buy you power, yeah. and then you can be a real-life superhero. <laughs> You want to. Exactly. Yeah. We can all be Batman if we just make enough money. Jeff Bezos. I'd, yeah. I'd be surprised if he wasn't a vigilante. There, there's no way Bill Gates hasn't thought about it. <laughs> there's no way it's never crossed his mind. He's thought about, like, I could do it. Do you think, like, the, in the way that Batman built up his wealth, mm-hmm. that he ever had to, like, exploit a whole bunch of workers in order to get to where he is? Because I'm thinking about, like, like, there are people who work at Amazon warehouses that, yeah. like, died right. because they worked, like, 55-hour shifts, like, 55 hours in a row. Yeah. And Jeff Bezos is, like, a hundred billionaire. He has, like, a hundred billion dollars. Yeah. Um, Batman, I'm assuming, has something similar to that amount of money because he could literally do anything that he wants with right. it. Um, so, like, why, like, do you think that he ever... Um, dabbled in like unethical capitalism if there is such a thing as ethical capitalism which I personally don't believe sure. but um, if so Batman had to have like exploited some workers or not distributed the means of <laughs> for the means of wealth <laughs> equally amongst the people I'm not I can't think of any time where that's explicitly stated in the text yeah but I I think there's a certain level of wealth that you can't get to without fucking some people over yeah Anything Batman is probably. I, I think. I think it, 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 you can't be a billionaire with fuck, without fucking over somebody. No, yeah, that's true. Uh, so Batman has not read Marx. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I think is he, he's a fictional character. Yeah, so, yeah. But I, I is Marx a, a, a DC canon? <laughs> Does Marx exist in the DC universe? <laughs> yeah, they they posit a world where everything. Is Marx never existed, and all yeah. these things splintered up from yeah. there. And it's perfect. It's yeah. a perfect society. Yeah. Marx is the one that fucked everything over. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, in this, uh, they, they go to Themyscira, and meanwhile on the, the desolate planet Apocalypse, Darkseid learns... Heavy-handed name, by the way. Yes. <laughs> Apocalypse, not spelled the way you'd think Apocalypse would be spelled. <laughs> yeah. But pronounced the same way. Yeah. Darkseid, also not how you would think Darkseid yeah. would be spelled. I saw that in the credits, and I was like, 
whoa, like that blew my mind a little bit. Like the way it was dark, called. like Seinfeld. <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> looks like dark seed. But <laughs> yeah. It's pronounced dark side. It's S E I D. Yeah. Um, by the way, triple parentheses dark side. <laughs> okay. Like, <laughs> because of anything with like the E I in the name, like yeah. they're trying to like, I don't know, they didn't actually try to make him Jewish or anything. I'm Jewish, in yeah. case you couldn't tell by Yari, you know, my <laughs> Yari Nadav Tal is my name. Uh, but I'm always on the lookout for, like, when they make, like, trying to make characters sinister by, like, making them Jewish. Well, the um, uh, whole fourth world thing, the Apocalypse, Darkseed, mm-hmm. and Big Barda, and all those characters, is created by Jack Kirby. And uh, Jack Kirby very explicitly modeled dark seed dark side after hitler oh really yeah and oh, all cool. of apocalypse is very uh holocaust uh, oh because of all the like burning and everything like the fires <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a joke there's just like yeah. a lot of fire there but he's like this this uh dictator this jackbooted mm-hmm. thug who believes everything is just kind of there to, to serve his whims okay and um so the whole idea of it's Dark Seed has one ball. Yeah, exactly. He's a vegetarian. Vegetarian. <laughs> Failed artist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Dark Side, I'm not super familiar with this, and this is very weird and complicated, so this must have been very bizarre for you to go into this. Have you never heard of Granny Goodness? <laughs> yeah, that was so weird. And, yeah. <laughs> but it's not weird for, like... It's not, like, weird in canon. I'm just not familiar with canon. Yeah. So there's just, like, a grandma that, like, forces... It's pretty weird like, in canon. Yeah. <laughs> what is her purpose? She trains the Furies, who are, like, dark sides. Furies? Yeah. Reference yeah. to good, the Holocaust. Good, yeah. Or, um, like, it could be a harpy reference, too. Maybe. I don't know. I don't yeah. For a second... I was thinking about that. Maybe I was thinking of the Yu-Gi-Oh card that was like Harpy's <laughs> sisters and uh, sure. whatever. Uh, Harpy's twins. I don't remember. Do you, uh, do you ever play Yu-Gi-Oh? I'm sure you really. do. No? Yu-Gi-Oh was like a, a little bit after my time. I a little bit like after a little bit of it. I, I think I'm just a, a touch younger than you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was super uh, into Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, if it had come yeah. out like two years earlier, I'm sure okay. I would have been really into it. Yeah. I think you're probably something like two years older than me. Yeah, about that. that. Uh, born in 88? Um, born in 92, so oh. four years old. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, but Apocalypse, basically, it's uh, like, like this hellish planet. Uh, he Darkseid rules over this with his, his furies of these warrior women who are kind of his elite guard. Mm-hmm. And Granny Goodness is, she runs like this orphanage on Apocalypse and also trains his guards. And she's just this really buff old, older lady. <laughs> It was always voiced by a man, <laughs> and it's like long white hair and black lipstick, and uh, that's about all I know. It Is she the best fighter of all the Furies? That's a good question. I I don't I don't think so because she trains them. Yeah, but like she must have some like when you get to a certain age, like you're not just gonna be buff forever. Like <laughs> like the bones physically cannot sustain. Right. Those things. Yeah. Um, you don't see a lot of really buff 70-year-old women. That's true. There was a dude that hung out at my college uh-huh. who um, was like 70 years old and he was like jacked. Oh, man. Uh, but he would just, he went to the college gym. Uh-huh. He'd just walk around in like a like a, like a a wife beater t-shirt or whatever those are called. It's uh-huh. something less hurtful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he'd just walk around and he would just like be jacked and like people would just like look at him. 
He's always very sweaty. He had like a blonde bowl cut. <laughs> so a weird dude. So like older people can get jacked. Like there's a certain age though where it becomes weird if you're jacked. Yeah. Like everyone's like, what do you what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> um, My dad had a friend who, I think he was in his sixties at this point. He'd just been like a <coughs> never like a, a fat guy but like a regular guy and then like in his 60s he got really into bodybuilding okay and became like like weirdly buff well hold on i like there's some people who are like super into bodybuilding yeah i just like there's a whole culture around it yeah and a lot of it just seems like 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 cosplaying like masculinity (laughs) you know what i mean yeah like like, I, I mean, it's it's buff in a way that's not, like, attractive, and it's not practical. Yeah. It's just doing it to get this very specific form yeah. that you only want if you're into bodybuilding. Yeah, but, like, I'm, like, there are people I know who are, like, l- loving, like, sensitive, kind, sweet people. People yeah. who are just, like, beautiful people inside and out who are super into bodybuilding. Yeah. Like, getting, like, as jacked as possible. Right. And also, like, really, like, sweet and sensitive. So I never judge anybody for who's bodybuilding. But, like, it always seems to me just, like, people just want to, like, be, like, want to at least have this one outlet where they just, like, are so masculine in, like, this one area of life. Yeah, maybe. I've never even thought about it as, like, a super masculine thing. I guess for me, such a big part of masculinity is being attractive to women and <laughs> every woman I've ever talked to about it has been like no bodybuilders are gross that's not well in the like in the gay community there's also like masks oh, yeah there are people who are like very into like masculine mm-hmm. culture um DC is obviously a very gay city and so is New York mm-hmm. um that's where I went to school in DC um and I'm here I'm not gay um, but you know, if I was no big deal sure. either. Um, but if I, I'm not, um, but I like, <laughs> I, I, I'm not, it's fine. If I yeah, yeah, no, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm guys, seriously, gay. no, <laughs> no, uh, women, Stop please, <laughs> please women, just let me know. <laughs> um, but no, um, the, so, but like, I, like grew up with like tons of gay people like I have like a ton of like gay friends and uh, so I know a little bit about like the subcultures and everything like there's a huge subcult like not even a subculture just like a type of gay person that are masks Mm m-a-s-c-s um by the way a joke that I wrote that I think is super funny um and I've told it to my gay friends and they think it's funny but it's like would only work on twitter and I don't want it associated (laughs) with with, like tweets that I have is uh, (laughs) a Somebody taught me the mask, M A S. I think that's very funny. That's very funny. That is something we really work on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Great you can't say it like at a at a show or something. Yeah. Like it only works like written out because it's right. in quotes. Um, but yeah. So, but being super masculine is something that's also very much in like gay culture too when you say super masculine does that mean it doesn't mean bodybuilding it just means like um acting very like oh like like performatively like like a man Uh like a man's man you know Uh um i don't know like i wish the audience could see the the movement (laughs) like i can't think i'm doing like a john wayne style strut yeah it was like john wayne jogging yeah (laughs) the, the hand motion you were doing um, yeah, I wish. I wish I could see John Wayne, John Wayne jogging. Um, 
You should do a podcast where you do all of John Wayne's movies. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. What's that canon like? <laughs> he's got so many movies. Yeah, that's true. This is going to take us another just 12 years just yeah. to get through Batman. How long? Because this podcast is, has to be a finite number of episodes, right? Yeah. Or are you just going to loop it back? No, we're eventually there's an end to this. Um, unless they come out with new movies. It's like the you talking U2 to me, yeah. the Scott Ackerman, Adam right. Scott podcast, where they review U2 albums. There's only so many U2 albums. Mm-hmm. And then U2's coming out with a new album, so they're going to do an episode with that. They like, managed to score an interview with actual U2, so they did that episode. Right. But like an ep- maybe an episode comes out like every two years of that just as like a... Right. So you're like the you talking U2 to me of, <laughs> of podcast. I, I don't know what we'll do once we hit the end. Right now, um, we have The Batman, which is scheduled to come out sometime in 2018. Okay. Scheduled as the, the last movie. If more stuff comes out after that, if, we, if it comes out... Before we hit that, and we're still recording, I'm sure we'll we'll throw it on the list. What day are people hearing this, by the way? Just... Wednesday. Oh, this Wednesday. Oh, cool. Uh, this is actually going to be next Wednesday. We've next got Wednesday. A couple, okay, couple. cool. Um, happy Wednesday or happy hump day, you know? <laughs> so, I, I don't know. We'll see how we feel. At this point, I'm I'm so ready to be done with Batman yeah. that I don't know if I could stand to keep going. Yeah, you should but, you should do like other stuff that you like too. Yeah, you're clearly very passionate about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I'm sure there'll be another podcast after this. Yeah, and if we there's so many things that we don't have planned to cover that we could go to if we want. There's so many fan films out there. Yeah, we've skimmed the surface of some big and famous fan films. Wow, we go way more into. You could do fan. What are fan films? Just people who make a Batman movie on their own and just post it on YouTube. Wait, are those good? Some of them. Some really? of them are really bad. Some of them are very good. Like who like plays Batman? Just, just some, dudes? Yeah, just some dude. Cool. And they do like a good job? Some of them. Wow. And some of them are really shitty. But... I would love to see like some campy like B like D movie fan film Batman stuff. I mean there's a lot of them that it's just like a bunch of teenagers goofing around and they have no budget or anything. But some of them put like a lot of time and effort and money. There's some that are like $30,000 productions. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it's kind of beautiful because they go in knowing these are characters that are owned by DC, so they can't sell this anywhere. Yeah. There's no way to make money off this. Yeah. This is just for fun. So they spend $30,000 on yeah. fun. That's rules. Good yeah. for them. So I, I kind of love that yeah. idea. Spend that on open mics this year. Yeah. That's, that's not true. I haven't done um, also... 30000 <laughs> I wish. We haven't, uh, we've touched on the surface of Batman pornos. We could go way oh, more into that. That was fucking, yeah, get me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's, I, I don't want to go more into the, so It's so weird and gross yeah. to watch porn and not jerk off to yeah, it. It's just, mm, yeah, it's like being very serious about yeah, it. Yeah, and take, taking notes about yeah. it. I didn't take notes during the movie. I was thinking about it, but it was like, when we started watching it last night, it was like midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I am just going to like kind of absorb this. And then we fell asleep, so I didn't do a good job. But then we rewatched it this morning. I, I took about four notes. Yeah. So I didn't take too many. Uh, we also we skipped over the fact that there's automated surveillance blimps. Oh yeah. Around Gotham City. Yeah. Like drones exist. Yeah. They existed in 2010 too, yeah. um, and they're small. Yeah. Um, and those can just survey things too. Yeah. You know, they I don't have to be. They, the Goodyear blimp size. I think they had that that line purely to justify the fact that uh, Supergirl 
flies through a blimp at one point. Okay. I think they just wanted to have that shot. Like, oh, why would there be a blimp? <laughs> um, me, I, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was like a, it was like the Hindenburg. Yeah. Maybe it was a reference to the Hindenburg crash. It could be, I guess. I don't know. Was that a big deal? In the, in the <laughs> it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> that happened probably around the same time that like superheroes became. I think it's thing. probably a few years before. I, I don't know if you ha- have you ever read The Adventures of Cavalier and Clay? I have, yeah. It's a beautiful book. I've been meaning to reread it. Um, but I, I like, one thing that I like about comics is I like the culture of comics, I think, a lot more. And like what they mean for society than I actually do comics themselves. Mm-hmm. Like I love knowing like the political, cultural, societal things that influenced why comics um exist in a certain way mm-hmm. and um they were actually talking about this on uh chapo trap house um that like uh, they were disparaging wonder woman they didn't think it was a very good movie i haven't seen it i can't comment on it mm-hmm. but one thing that they said was that one of the reasons that wonder woman um was so popular and was so like big um and the reason that it was made the way that it was made was because people were, like, looking for, like, a strong woman to come and save them. Definitely. Um, yeah, and which I think is, like, a cool thing. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I think most of their critiques of Wonder Woman, which, again, I have no idea. When I was listening to it, I was like, oh, they're funny, but I have no knowledge of the movies, so I don't have my own opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were talking about how, like, um, it, like, is, like performatively like a strong woman but also like mirrors like u.s imperialism Mm -hmm. in a lot of places um which um you know i again can't comment on that but just the idea of like um and another point that they had made was like during the obama years was when superhero movies really came out um and when they were really like big and that was because like the world seemed like in such chaos after George Bush um, was president mm-hmm. and a lot of people felt like here was this like almost like a Superman like figure who was going to come in and fix everything and clean everything up and um, that felt that way for a lot of people myself included but then there was also like this dark gritty side to these um, superhero movies where it's like there is this dark underbelly to American society mm-hmm. that we can't necess- that we don't necessarily know about, you know, or like that now we it's exposed, but people who were like kind of living in our bubbles, um, I, I count myself amongst those people, like didn't really grasp the dark underbelly of society of racism and class inequality and sexism and transphobia, homophobia, all these things. That was not something that having grown up in New York, never occurred to me. Sure. Um, but even in New York, it happens. I experienced anti-Semitism at, like, growing, like, in high school. And in, uh, not in middle school, because I was went to a Jewish school. But, like, the whole political and cultural and societal oeuvre around, um, and, like, the classic one is, like, Captain America punching a Nazi in, mm-hmm. like, the 40s. Right. And people wanting, like, stuff like that to come back again. Like, people punch, like, Punching Nazis, which is a good thing. Um, <laughs> punch Nazis if you can. But people are seeing that and like... I don't know. I just think that all that stuff is very interesting. I think there's something very comforting about 
having very clear, explicit, these are the good guys, these are the bad yeah. guys. And in real life, it's often so many shades of gray. Yeah. And, like, these guys are bad, but also they're, they're human beings. We can't just go kill them. And yeah. They're, there's, they've done some... The more you look into it, like, they've... I, I just read this article about um, uh, this white nationalist guy who is very clearly, like, uh, um, openly a white nationalist. Yeah. He's written all these things. is very open about this but then he's just like a normal guy the new york times article yeah dude that article sucked so bad yeah. <laughs> that article was terrible because they didn't challenge him on any of his white national white nationalist beliefs i just read like the first <laughs> it was like um oh here's my collection of uh chrysanthemums yeah. and um we should live in an ethno state and my favorite novel yeah. is um the road by cormac mccarthy and um, all black people should die. And Bob's Burgers is kind of a funny show. Yeah. And the reporter was like, uh, the, this white nationalist loves Bob's Burgers. Like, the, the reporter wasn't even like, why do you believe in an ethno state? Like, right. that, like, the reporter did not challenge that even a little bit. But I think um, that the, maybe what the article was going for and what I took from it is that the, some of the, the fear sometimes, what, what makes these people so horrible is that they aren't, through and through these evil monsters that we have nothing in yeah. common with. It's the fact that they're not that dissimilar from us in a lot of ways. Yeah. And they're not, the bad guys aren't guys in trench coats and twirling mustaches. Yeah, it's true. You can't always tell bad you, guys. You, yeah. So maybe it like makes the point that like bad guys are, um, like you can't necessarily tell just by looking at someone. Yeah. who's a good guy or who's a bad guy, although this white nationalist person might disagree because they will definitely look at somebody. <laughs> yeah, uh, if they look at me and see my nose, they'd be like, oh, no, this is a bad guy. <laughs> this this guy uh, controls all the money. <laughs> I uh, Back when I was single, um, I... In the swinging bachelor days. Oh, the swinging bachelor days. <laughs> um, I messaged this girl on OkCupid. She, she had something on her profile that said, like, um, it's like a section that says, like, what do you think a lot about or something I, I spent a lot of time thinking about and she it was something along the lines of like ethnic cleansing was her answer <laughs> really? and I I messaged her thinking like oh this has to be some kind of a joke and I made some joke off that and not a joke not a joke she was <laughs> she, very very into ethnic about. cleansing yeah Wow. Yeah. Cool. And she, Very cool. Yeah. So you guys, and that's uh, your girlfriend. Yeah, girlfriend. Yeah. This is just, <laughs> she, she was so, listening to Rebel Rebel, my yeah. David Bowie right now. She was so, uh, this girl was so cute though, that there's a moment of like trying to justify, like, <laughs> is, there, is there a way I can make this okay? Is there like a perspective? <laughs> that's classic like dude brain too. It's like, oh fuck, like. No, like, she believes in literal genocide. Yeah. Um, she, you know, maybe under certain circumstances, like, if I grew up, like... She said something about, like, I don't believe it should be, like, a violent thing. I just think the races would be better off if they were separated. I'm like, well, I mean, she's not into violence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> but I, I have been there, dude. Like, I, um, I, like... Um, like, I have gone on, like, dates with people who have, like, like, misgendered, like, friends of mine, and after like I've, like, like, not, after I've corrected them, oh, okay. they've been, like, no, like, I'm just gonna say it, like, 
I've said like actually they use the pronouns they them mm-hmm. and then they'll continue to say like she or he even after I've said it once mm-hmm. but like I have like continued to like like hang out with them and that's like I I think that that sucks I think that's, that sucks about me like I wish that I was more principled to like be like no I need to like take a stand yeah. and like not I mean at some point though I wonder sometimes I wonder with that idea that a lot of us have of I'm just not going to associate with anyone who does these bad things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, there's a risk of, if you continue to hang out with them, there's a risk of um, normalizing that behavior and giving it a pass. But it's, it's also, if if everyone who disagrees with them cuts them off, That's true. then you force them to live in a bubble and you they never hear anyone telling them they're wrong or hearing the opposite. Well, after, after in, the, in this case, after I corrected them, they still continued to do it and I was like oh it's kind of not cool um and they're like oh sorry but they like you know made a big deal out of like saying it from mm-hmm. then on they're like she uh, I mean they yeah. like it's just like you don't have to like just like treat people like people right um so like clearly they were like kind of sarcastically doing it to like half appease me but half make me feel like some SJW dickhole <laughs> for like correcting them yeah um, and, like, I agree that you shouldn't cut off people you disagree with and that you should continue to work with people about stuff. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. Like, everybody has their own choices of who they want to associate with and hang out with and what That's their, like, true. different lines are. That's true. For me, like, if you're, like, misgendering my friends, I, I don't fuck with you, you know? <laughs> um, but I have things that, like, I tolerate that other people, like, might not. Sure. You know? Um, I can't tell you what they are <laughs> but off the top of my head. I mean, I've made it clear that ethnic cleansing is not a That's not a hard and clear stop. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a, that's not a red light. That's yeah. like a stop sign. <laughs> like, yeah. so I was like, um, okay, <laughs> like, maybe. <laughs> Let me take another look at your picture. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's things that I, yeah, you know, as I, um, I, I want to, I, I want to to expose people to other things. But the reality is, I'm not fighting with with somebody every time they. Either, there's not enough time. And energy yeah, that's to, true. To, to every time be like, I'm gonna make a huge deal yeah. out of this, and well, sometimes I just don't want to deal with them. If they that, that's true, and it's exhausting for like me, a straight cis person, to do that mm-hmm. um and um i like sometimes i'll just like let it like i will let it slide mm-hmm. uh sometimes um but it must be even more exhausting for like non-binary or trans or gender non-conforming sure. people who constantly are getting misgendered like yeah all the time and it must be exhausting for them and like hurtful so like i can take like a little bit of like that exhaustion on myself um, but again, like, I can't do it all the time. And also I have like the, fu- like, I'm like the classic, like SJW, <laughs> like style person, mm-hmm. um, that people like talk about when they're like, oh, these like fucking triggered SJWs. <laughs> um, that's like me, <laughs> um, sometimes, not all the time. Um, and I, I'm not that way, like in comedy crowds right because i think that everybody should have a right to like 
try out shit. But, like, if someone, like, gets on stage and is like, no, we should murder all black people, I'd be like, uh, <laughs> uh I don't think so. <laughs> That'll be when I say, like, something. Yeah. But, like, I think a comedy, at least, is about catharsis. Mm-hmm. Because um, it's a very visceral feeling when you laugh at something. It's also very trial and error based. Definitely. And when you're a comedian and you're getting on stage and you're doing something, mm-hmm. you, the comic is taking the risk. Yeah. The audience is also taking a risk by being there, but the comic is taking the risk of saying something that a person will find hurtful. Yeah. And when the comic takes that risk um, and they get negative feedback back they have to own that the thing that they said was risky yeah um and like okay like let's see how i can and the funnier you make it the less risk that there is but there still is a risk and a danger in every single joke because every joke has a but yeah um so like if someone's getting up there um and saying like uh, like makes a trans joke or something like that's a high risk joke, but if it is actually funny and accomplishes some sort of purpose that isn't just like oh trans people are weird, yeah. then it's a high reward. It's a big laugh. It's a catharsis, and people feel something from it. I, I think also uh, I agree with all that, and I also think it's important with jokes to to keep in mind the, the intention, the motivation of the joke. To, it, all trans jokes are not the same. Yeah, of course. You can have a joke that's mocking trans people that's a trans joke. You also have a, a joke that's celebrating trans people. But trans people are mentioned in the joke, but they're not the butt yeah, of the joke. That's exa- that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I, I think it's important to, when you're evaluating a joke, don't just say this joke includes a word that I don't like, yeah. therefore it's a bad joke. No, of course look not. Look at the, the motivation and the intention and the, the 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 point of the joke. Yeah, of course, and I I totally agree with yeah. that. Um, there, like jokes that white comics make that say the n word mm-hmm. that like you know I've laughed at before, and I don't think that white people should say the n word in almost any situation. Mm-hmm. But like there, I have laughed at these jokes knowing that it's wrong, and that is like the, a cathartic thing. Is just like. That's what makes the, and maybe not the reward high, but the, the, there's like a high to it that is like, you've broken through all of the like bad feelings around something mm-hmm. and you've laughed at it and now you have to deal with why you've laughed at it. That, right. As an audience member, as another comic, you have to deal with why you've laughed at it. And I do think that it's good to like evaluate why you laugh at certain jokes and why you make certain jokes. Um, most of my and most of my comedy, I'm the butt of every joke. Like, <laughs> um, I I'm mostly self-deprecating because I'm Jewish and from New York <laughs> and a nebisha. Um so I don't have to worry about that really because I don't feel comfortable. Like, I'm terrible at roasting people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm terrible at making political jokes. Um, I'm just not good at joking about anything other than myself, really. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been, like, a couple of jokes that I've made where there's some sort of absurdist punchline or a political punchline or something, but uh, most, I'd say the large majority of my own sense of humor is making myself the butt of the joke. Yeah. So the risk in that is, like, afterwards people think that they can make fun of me, yeah. <laughs> which often happens. Um, 
I, I've got a joke. I don't do it as much anymore, but I, I once in a while I'll bring it up. Uh, but it's a joke about the the Westboro Baptist Church, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm always nervous to do it because it. In order to do the joke, I have to use the f word. It doesn't yeah. work if I don't yeah. use the f word. Yeah. Um, but I I think I mean I've never had anyone complain about it. I think it's pretty clear. Yeah. From the joke and in the context. Yeah. What my position is. Everything is about context. Yeah. Everything in comedy is about context. And also, like, lack of information. I've been thinking about that a lot. Like, what information you leave out of a joke. Mm-hmm. Just to make it, you know, even, like, to make it silly or something. Like, I, I fucking, I talk about her so much because she's, like, my favorite comic in New York. But Anna Fabrega does this on Twitter all the time where she'll, like, remove all context surrounding, like, a character or a joke. And she'll just tweet out some, like like, motivational phrase, mm-hmm. and just the fact that you know that she, and, like, with an emoji or something, and just the fact that you know that she's a comic, mm-hmm. and she's leaving out all the other character information, you fill in those gaps in yeah. your head about what um, that character is to you, and then you laugh at it, because, yeah. it, like, she'll tweet something like, push it to the limit, never give up, I'm sorry if I hurt anybody, like, um, like, rage emoji face. Uh, it's just like who is this person that is saying this thing I have to fill in the gaps in that and I think that shit is hilarious like there's a lot of things that when you're a very low level comic like mm -hmm. we are that you can't there's things that uh, a more known comic can get away with that we can't yeah where it could be word for word the same joke yeah but the audience sees them and goes into it knowing who they are and having a perspective about they are yeah and they can say something and it's obvious that it's satirical mm-hmm. when they say it whereas if we were to say word for word the same thing the audience doesn't have a relationship with us yeah they don't know if we literally mean this or if it's satire and that's why i'm super not into like ironic racism and so i feel like i've talked about this on, on like one of my own podcasts before mm-hmm. but like i'm super not into ironic racism and sexism from comics because like i i have no idea of who you are as a person right so like you making a joke pretending that you're not a racist or something or saying that you're not a racist i have no idea if yeah, it's what not you actually necessarily as obvious to the audience yeah. that it's satirical as it is to you yeah uh, the, yeah and i think that Irony, in order to pop, requires, like, a base of, like, you have to, like, know everything else that's Mm -hmm. going on, and then the irony pops out, because, oh, that's the funny thing, that's the weird thing. Um, And, like, just like with the article that you were talking about, with the white supremacist who was, like, who looks just like us, Mm -hmm. he could get on stage and make some, like... Jo- ironic racism jokes but they're not ironic to him but to us they're ironic because we like may have different feelings about it but to him that's actually what he believes so we right. have no concept of knowing what his baseline is what right. his level of all this stuff is you know what i'm saying yeah 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 um but i i don't know i also like feel like sometimes i sound like a buzzkill <laughs> talking because <laughs> i you know Patrice O'Neill is one of my favorite comics, mm-hmm. and everything that he says is, like, very, like, wrong in this very, like, cathartic way that I, like, I love it so much, mm-hmm. um, but I, like, there's a little dirtiness, there's a little edginess when I listen to him. Well, I think going back to to what you were saying earlier, that um, people 
misused the concept of the First Amendment of free speech so much to yeah. just say anytime anyone criticizes them, like, well, I have free speech. Yeah. And that's not what free speech is. Yeah. Free speech is the government can't throw you in jail for saying yeah. something. That doesn't make you above criticism. Yeah. And so you can say whatever you want, mm -hmm. but if you're going to say something that risks offending people, you have to stand behind what you say. Yeah. And, and deal with the consequences. Deal, yeah. Yeah. And, and so if you're going to tell a risky joke, you can do that, but you have to realize that there could be consequences. People could be upset. People could not laugh. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. I also, a lot of times, um, especially with very low-level comics with open mics or something, mm -hmm. uh, when people get really offended about a joke, um, there's one in particular. There's a joke in, in D.C. I, I don't remember exactly what it was. It was something, I, I, think, I believe it was a, a rape joke. It was mm -hmm. not... It was not funny, and uh, it didn't get a laugh at all. Yeah. And this audience member was really upset. I think she shouted something at the comic, and then yeah. she wrote like an editorial to some newspaper about this. Yeah, yeah. And all these jokes, like the, there's almost like a free market kind of thing where if it's not getting a laugh, they're not going to keep doing it. Yeah. And there's no reason to to make this into more than it is. Yeah. Um, like I like I told a rape joke. It didn't get a laugh. I felt horrible. Yeah. I resigned the rape joke. Yeah. Uh, you know, that is what it is. But, like, also, like, at, like I could see that happening at, like, a big name show or something. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're, like, headlining Caroline's or something and you're, like, telling a joke, like, bombing with, like, really horrible material. I could see, like, people getting hurt and offended by that. Mm -hmm. But if you're another comic at an open mic, like... Yeah, you should stand up for what you believe in, 100%. And you should have a conversation with that comic afterwards and be like, hey, like, this joke, that joke sucked. Yeah. Um, this is why that joke sucked. If it's well, other comics don't want, like, not to note other comics, yeah. but, like, if you're, like, really feeling that about, like a, like, a joke about a sensitive topic, something that's important to you, talk to another comic about it, like, like one-on-one. -on -one. If someone told... A sh like a really shitty Jewish joke or mm -hmm. something. Well, Jewish jokes aren't even a big deal anymore, so I, I don't know what to talk about. So, um, if I was like a, as like if I had the level of comic to comic respect with somebody, um, and I can't speak for any um, minority or anything, I could go up to them and be like, "Hey, like the joke that you made, like I don't think it was hitting its mark because I see what you're trying to do and it just." you know, it didn't end up, yeah. like, doing what you wanted it to do, like, this is how it came across to me, and I think that that's something that's not necessarily out of line to do if it's something that's about, like, a sensitive yeah. topic that, like, affects you or people that you know or care about. I think know? especially if you're doing it, I, I think if you really go on the, the attack against that person then they're going to start getting defensive. Yeah. And it's probably going to be less effective than if you come at them like, hey, I, I see what you're trying to do, but here's how it came across. And yeah. I, I know that you're funnier than this. I don't think you have to... I don't think this is working for you. Yeah. Um, and it helps if also you had another joke of theirs that they liked that you could reference. Yeah. But not to say like, oh, you should only do that one joke. It would be like, I know that you're funny because you have this joke that I really liked. 
Um, just this one thing didn't do exactly. It's tricky in, in general, not even about like a sensitive thing, just in general giving notes to other comics. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of times if if someone were to give me a note, if I don't respect them as a comic, I'm yeah. just going to totally dismiss that. Yeah, of course. I have I have comics that if they gave me a note, um, I would be like, okay, and then I wouldn't do anything. But if it was somebody who you know, I knew wasn't a complete jackass yeah. and they didn't approach it like a complete jackass, I would think about it. Yeah. Um, I might not agree with their note and that's my own decision to make. Um, just like it was that comic's decision, it would be that comic's decision to make a note, to, to like absorb this person's note or not if they had um, given them a note in the manner that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, to absorb that note and then to figure it out. But, I mean, uh, like, I'm a dude talking about this stuff, so <laughs> I don't know how it affects other people. Um, you know what I mean? Sure. Speaking of dudes, uh, back on Themyscira, uh, Themyscira <laughs> <laughs> uh, is all women. That was a bad <laughs> transition. Batman and Superman are checking in on, on Kara. Uh, well, she's she's sparring against some uh, um, Themyscira and some Amazon. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Kara and uh, Lila, they sneak away for a swim, and a horde of doomsday clones arrive from Apocalypse. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and the Amazonian army fight them until Superman vaporizes them all with his heat vision. Batman, however, guesses that the reason for the clones' attack, uh, guesses the reason for the clones' attack, and discovers Kara is missing and Lila is dead. At last, manifestation of her precognition reveals Darkseid is the culprit. Mm. They had some weird line where... I didn't get that that, that was a premonition. I, I didn't either. That's, yeah, it was just like a bubble that kind of floated up. Yeah. I like to have... But I had no frame of reference for Lila. So I was like, is this a prediction? Is this um, something that happened in the past? I had no idea. I am just barely familiar with her. I know she was in this big event in the 80s called Crisis on Infinite Earths. Okay. I did not realize she stuck around beyond that. I, this is the only time I've seen her in anything beyond that. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know anything about what her powers are or what she can do, but apparently she has premonitions. Oh, cool. And lives on Themyscira. Um, Wait, which is Mascara? Themyscira. The Amazonian. Themyscira, okay. Yeah, the Amazonian island. Okay, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's <laughs> just Mascara. <laughs> mascara. Yeah. Themyscira. Them, Themyscira. That's yeah. <laughs> an Italian person at exactly. a horror movie. Themyscira. <laughs> it's like an Italian person shopping for makeup. Yeah. Um, excuse me, sir. Uh, we're at uh, the Sephora. Can I help you with anything? Yeah, so where is uh, the mascara? <laughs> <laughs> they had this weird line in here. Right? I guess they, they wanted to address the fact that Superman isn't supposed to kill... And he just murdered, like, 50 doomsdays. I thought those were, like, robots. I, they're, like, clones. But okay. they, they said something about, like, oh, they don't bleed, so it's it's fine. Okay. That sounds like some, like, in, like, Jewish, uh, like, text. Uh-huh. They'll, like, find these weird ways to, like, warp around certain things to make them okay for modern society. <laughs> so, like, there's a thing in the Torah that says, um, it says you should not stone your firstborn, like, like if your if your uh, child is rebellious, you should stone them in a public square. Uh-huh. Uh And it's like, oh, why are we killing literally every child? 
um, because everyone's going to go through a phase where they disagree with their elders. Sure. Um, and there's like these workarounds where it's like, well, maybe they mean like stoning in a public square is like stone them verbally, like in your living room or something. <laughs> Maybe this means something totally different. Yeah, like as... a stone. Like, what is a stone anyway? Like, you, like, uh, and what does rebellious mean anyway? Because rebellious could mean like talking back to your parents, but rebellious could mean like being Hitler. Like, if your kid is Hitler, maybe you should kill them in a public square. But like, do words mean anything at all? Yeah, yeah. That's literally all like interpretation of the Torah is like <laughs> interpret. Is it's literally like how different rabbis interpret yeah. different words. So, like, um, one thing that I think is really interesting is in the laws of kashrut, which is keeping kosher, is, um, like, the actual text that kosher comes from mm -hmm. is just, you should not cook a calf in its mother's milk. Right. So, um, they took that to mean, um, you can't mix meat and dairy. Mm -hmm. Because you never know what cow and you never know what milk and may, like there's a possibility. Sure. I get that. But in that context, you could probably have a burger with goat cheese on it um, if yeah. you knew exactly where the meat was sourced from. Um, you could have like, if there was a cow in um, Delaware, like meat was sourced from Delaware and the cheese is local from uh, Vermont, there's very like almost, there's a pretty much a zero chance that that cow produced, that cow's mother produced that milk. That makes sense. Um, also, you're not supposed to eat chicken and cheese together. Chickens don't make milk, but you can cook a chicken and an egg together. You, um, like, breaded chicken is chicken and egg with breadcrumbs. Yeah. And wouldn't you think that, like, like, calf and its mother's milk, chicken with the egg that it laid. Right. That might be something similar. Um, or, but... And you can also eat fish and dairy together. Mm -hmm. And all of this just seems like it, none of that really makes sense to me. Um, and I, I have asked like rabbis about this because I want to know. Right. Like really, because I agree that it would be unethical to cook a cow in its mother's milk. Well, what is the reasoning as to why it's just that it's weird? It's just that, that it's, it's like cruel, I think. <laughs> Um, well, all reasoning is that God said not to. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so that's the reason. Okay. Literally. Yeah, no, it, it, with a lot of rules, it, it, there's a, I get, we don't do that because there's a victim. Yeah. You know, thou shalt not murder because there's a victim yeah. and somebody. That's not kill. There's literally a list seal. of, there's literally a list of birds that you can and cannot eat. <laughs> so it's not about, it's like, uh, it's like this chicken fucked with God. So yes, <laughs> but like a sparrow God has a pet sparrow, so, like, no good. Don't eat sparrow meat. But you can eat a chicken because God hates chickens for whatever reason. Um, that's my Westboro Baptist Church. God hates chickens. Uh, God hates hens. Um, but, no, that stuff never really made sense to me. I have a hair in my mouth. Uh, isn't there a thing with, um, like, like, Orthodox Jews, like, they can't... Uh, operate anything on the Sabbath, they can't like, yeah. turn on the oven or light. Yeah, that's, and, that's across the board Jews pretty much. Like, conservative and reform will pick and choose, but... Um, but, but isn't there like a thing where some of them will hire or like... It, yeah, Shabbosgoy. Yeah. Yeah. They'll get somebody who's a, a Gentile to just do the things for them that they can't do and turn on the lights, turn on the oven. Yeah. 
And it's that always sounded so bizarre because it's it's like you're tricking God. Yeah. It's like I'm I'm, I'm not, not doing, doing it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, um, it's somebody else who turned on yeah. the lights. I just happened to be reaping the yeah. benefits of the been, light being on. It's a very Jewish thing to do. Uh, excuse me, God. Um, technically, I didn't do this. And like on Passover, you're supposed to like, like eat all your bread and leavened bread and stuff. Yeah. But you can sell that bread to a non-Jewish person mm-hmm. and buy it back for the exact same price that you sold it to them to, and it's totally fine. Yeah. So it's like for that, like. Five months for like five months. I don't know how long does Passover last? <laughs> that was eight days. Um, Jesus, Passover lasts for five months. I have such bad stomach problems. Uh, if like for those eight days, it's owned by somebody else. Mm-hmm. So like, like money is very arbitrary mm-hmm. to me. Um, but also, I don't have any of it. So like, I never have any money. So like, maybe it shouldn't be arbitrary. Yeah. Maybe I should stop reading Marx and get a fucking better, <laughs> higher paying job. But to me, it's like, oh, like, like, here's a pile of, like, bread that I can't eat. Um, or here's, like, a pile of bread that I can't eat. Thank you for your, like, piece of paper that doesn't mean anything. Now I'm going to give you this piece of paper back for that exact same amount of bread. So if you buy the bread, you can eat it? Well, no, you can't eat it. Oh. You just have to get it out of your house. Oh, okay. So it goes to this guy's oh, house. And then you buy it back and after. And then you buy it back after Passover. Gotcha. Um, well, it doesn't have to be bread. It's like stuff that's made with things that you can't eat on Passover. Gotcha. And like it, that is also very dictated by the culture and the society and maybe the politics of regions that places are in. Like Sephardic Jews will eat rice and beans. Sephardic Jews are Jews that come from like the Mediterranean. Yeah, the Mediterranean, Western, um, Western Europe and North Africa, um, the Middle East. Um, my dad's family is Moroccan, um, so my dad grew up eating chickpeas and rice and all this stuff on Passover, because culturally that's a big staple of their diet. Sure. So they just did that, and it's okay with them. Yeah. Um, and Eastern European Jews, Ashkenazi Jews, don't eat rice, beans, peanuts, um, legumes, legumes, or whatever on Passover. Um, and it would be weird to serve rice. And my mom is Ashkenazi. My dad is Sephardic. We don't eat rice and beans or whatever on Passover. But, like, why is it okay for some people to do that, like, and other people not to? It's like, is Judaism about your own adherence to a consistent internal logic and your own integrity? And if that's so, like, why can't I just make my own, like, logic and integrity? Like, to me, it doesn't make sense that I can't eat that. I can't eat chicken and cheese together. Um, so, like, what makes sense to me is eating chicken and cheese and not molesting people. <laughs> and, <laughs> and for some rabbis, you know, um, chicken and cheese would uh, get you killed, but uh, molesting people is, you know, just fine. Yeah. And obviously, that's not most rabbis. That's like a very small sect of rabbis that is disproportionately reported about in the right. New York Daily News. but I don't think that they're, that's their stated position of molesting people's minds. Yeah, but then why do they do it? <laughs> well, I think every people are flawed. And they, <laughs> yeah. They, they, they're not, they can do a thing without saying, like, ah, oh, it's fine to do this. <laughs> yeah, so, but why can't they have that same level of leniency yeah. that they have towards 
molestation and um, emotional and psychological manipulation of women that they do for like, you know, eating chicken and cheese together. Look, I'm, I'm an atheist. You're yeah, not yeah. the wrong guy here. But. Well, no, but like if Judaism is all about, if, if people are having these arguments about what's right and what's wrong, mm-hmm. um, and different, re- like there's that either means that there's one right thing and everyone else is bad, so what's the point? And we're all just rolling the dice right. on what that is, which I choose not to believe. Or that everyone else has this, or that everyone has an internal logic that makes sense to them, and that if you adhere to that and you, you know, follow certain standards, like not murdering people, no, I don't even think the Ten Commandments is a good guideline because, like, respect your mother and father. What if they were abusive? My mom and dad are great. I love my mom and dad. There are people who have mo- mothers and fathers who are abusive. Like, and do you have to respect them just because it says so in the Ten Commandments? Are you going sure. to go to hell? And what constitutes respect at some point? If they're ordering you to do something that's morally wrong, yeah. should you be doing that just because they're your mother and father? Yeah. Um, some might say yes, you know? And, like, so I don't think the Ten Commandments are even, like, a good guideline for that. Although, like, don't murder people, don't steal things. Like, those things I, I agree with. Sure. Um, I don't think there's a lot of people who are going to fight you yeah, about that. Yeah. Maybe uh, Ras Agul. Is that, is, <laughs> is that right? Is, That's right. Is that Superman or Batman? That's Batman. Okay. It's a Batman podcast. Yeah. Uh, um, but, no, I just, I, just don't, I just don't get that, kind of. And that gives me this weird relationship with Judaism. Sure. Which I um, talk a lot about in my comedy as well. Sure. But I think... I need to write some more jokes about it because I clearly feel a lot about it and that's a good sign that you should write something about it. You know? Superman is a very Jewish character created by uh, Jerry Siegel and Joel Schuster. Oh, cool. Two, two nice Jewish boys from the Bronx. Cool. Bronx, Queens, somewhere in yeah. New York. I'm and, a nice Jewish boy from Queens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and Superman just like me. Yeah, and they kind of uh, modeled him after uh, Moses and the, the story of the, the Golem. Yeah. That was in The Adventures of Cavalier and Clyde. Yeah. Where they talked about the golem. Yeah. Um, and they made a superhero called the golem in that book, I believe. Yeah, they did. Um, it's an explicitly Jewish superhero, explicitly right. Jewish story, which is very cool. And that's awesome that, you know, Superman, I never, maybe because I don't engage with the content all that much, but he always seemed to me like the ideal, like, like American He guy. looks very waspy. Yeah. Well, there's like... Also, this very Jewish cultural thing. I just finished reading this book, Portnoy's Complaint, mm-hmm. which is a wonderful book about what it means to be an American Jew, uh, mean to be an American Jew, specifically a Northeast Jew, with all the psychosexual neuroses and everything that come with that, and your relationship with um, the, your Jewish culture and kind of wanting this um, ideal American version of your of like things. It it makes sense to like because. Jews are, like, white, but not American. We're, like, the worst white people in the eyes of, like, other white people. Like, we're the worst white people, but we still benefit from, like, being white. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, we're kind of on this, like, cusp of, like, we're aliens. Mm-hmm. But we want to be this, like, ideal American person. We want to be, like, a Christian mm-hmm. or a... Not like a Christian, like a, like a Chris... Or like a um, Ralph, mm-hmm. or like a um, like these 
um, like these very Christian people, um, but we're still on the outside of mm-hmm. that. So that feels Superman does feel like a very like a creation that could have come from a Jewish mind, which yeah. is this ideal of what an American person should be, um, but who is an alien, an outsider, never quite fits in. Yeah. No matter how much they want to. Yeah, and he he can pass for an Earthling. He looks very similar to yeah. an Earthling. Yeah. But secretly, he's he's not. Yeah. Very. Yeah. And isn't that like that's a very Jewish thing to want that? Yeah. To pass for an Earthling. Uh, that that in quotes. To pass for like a normal member of American society. Normal. I didn't like that. I just said normal. <laughs> <laughs> there's normals and there's Jews, guys. <laughs> You know who? What other superhero I found out recently was is textually Jewish is uh, the Thing from the Fantastic really? Four. Really? Yeah. Why is the Thing? Is is his Thing circumcised? <laughs> I apparently he's explicitly been stated to be Jewish. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. Nice. It's a big rock monster. He's yeah. Jewish. Is he in one of Adam Sandler's Hanukkah songs? <laughs> he should be. Yeah. yeah. Um, we gotta we gotta start wrapping things up. We okay. gotta finish this because we don't have a lot of time. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, no, no, no. This is good. Um, so they they Kara uh, uh, is taken to to Apocalypse, and uh, to save her, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman locate and recruit Big Barda, who's a superhero who used to be one of Apocalypse's heroes, and she defected. Mm-hmm. And um, they she helps them get to Apocalypse, and. Um, uh, Granny Goodness and the, the female Furies ambush the, the heroes mm-hmm. and um, they eventually the heroes win and Batman goes off on a he gets a little jetpack platform mm-hmm. thing and he's flying around in that yeah that was cool yeah it looked like a, like a time portal a time portal? it was just like I don't know I always imagine a time portal looking like a circle with a light on it what's a time portal? I don't know, you go back and forth through time. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. Ask and answer. Yeah, I think, um, like, maybe it's from an Animaniacs or something. I okay. Know. Yeah. I, I thought this was, like, a specific... No, no, no. Exactly no, thing no I, I don't know. I uh, have made it very clear. I don't know very much about <laughs> nerd stuff. Um, so he, he finds Darkseid's uh, Dark supply of hell spores, the, the source of the fire pits on Apocalypse. And uh, meanwhile, Superman encounters Darkseid, demanding that Kara go back with him. But uh, and Darkseid says that Kara may leave if she wants to. And then Kara attacks Superman because she's been brainwashed into serving Darkseid and wears a seductive out- outfit and has a sharp hairstyle. Ooh, this is the article I'm reading. Yeah, okay. this is my commentary. Um, Kara plummets a reluctant. He, he pummels a reluctant Superman while Darkseid watches, and until Batman confronts confronts Darkseid and informs him he's activated the Hell Spores, which will destroy Apocalypse. He issues Darkseid an ultimatum, freed Kara, and promised to leave her alone, and Batman will deactivate the Spores. Superman defeats Kara, Bart and Wonder Woman present Darkseid with a subdued granny, whereupon Darkseid allows him to leave Apocalypse. This is one of those moments where sometimes Batman feels too smart. Like he's, he's on like an alien planet, and like immediately knows exactly what to do, what these hell spores yeah. are. That felt like such a like a cop out. Yeah. It was like not only do I know about this very specific thing, but also I figured out the code, and yeah. all this happened <laughs> off camera. Yes. So, so yeah, Darkseid says like, "There's no way you could ever figure out the code." And Batman's like, "Oh, couldn't I? Yeah, L- Omega Seven <laughs> A." Yeah, 
They're like how they, they never, <laughs> no never acknowledged. How he never acknowledged. How I have to like go that. back and rewatch. Like, wait, did I miss something? <laughs> he figured this out. No, they just all happened off because you know it's an hour and fifteen minute long movie. Yeah. They're not going to make this movie. It's a direct-to-video yeah. <laughs> animated feature. They're not going to make this, like, super, like, all the dots have to connect. Just like, fuck it. Like, <laughs> kids and nerds are going to watch this, so... I, I could have dealt with... I keep... Cause I hope I'm not demeaning no, you by no, saying no. nerds. No. Okay, no, good. No. I don't know if that's a that's a, something that's hurtful to no. you. Yeah, cool. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very okay with who I am. <laughs> uh, but... I, uh, I could have dealt with cutting some of the shopping montages <laughs> yes. and having a little bit more explanation of yeah. what, what went on there. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be Batman, Superman, Apoc- Superman, Batman, Apocalypse. You, they could do with a little more Batman. <laughs> a little bit more Batman. And it's an hour and 15 minutes. You can tack on a few more minutes. Yeah, it's just it's like not... three minutes. Yeah. He like beats up a guard. Yeah. And he asked for the guard's armor, but we never figure out why. Because he doesn't, like, have to do that Stormtroopers thing where they yeah. have to, like, put on the Stormtrooper outfit and sneak in. Like, He's honest, just like, give me your outfit. And they're like, okay. And then he just shows up, like, two scenes later with the outfit. But he's also still wearing his cowl, and it's clearly Batman. He's not, like, disguised. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just got the armor on, yeah. like, covering, like, his chest and his yeah. arms. Yeah, it's very confusing. Yeah. Um, so they, they, they go back to Earth, and everything seems to be normal again. Clark takes Kara to meet his parents in Smallville and he's just kind of made the decision that she's going to live with them I don't think he's talked to his parents about yeah, this because they, they showed up yeah um, and there was that weird after the house fell down yeah there's that weird thing where um, where they just like stood there there's <laughs> yeah. like this girl that they've never met before so Darkseid comes back yeah and um, he makes some kind of like a, a weird trick like a almost like a, a um savage goy trick like oh i didn't explicitly say i said i yeah. wouldn't kill her i yeah. didn't say i wouldn't kill superman yeah so it's okay yeah exactly uh yeah. and then they have a big fight and superman uh beats him up and punches him into space <laughs> um so that then the the clark's show. why didn't he just use his ice breath because he's like he'll have to thaw out first and like he froze in space because space is very cold. Yeah. But, like, why didn't he just use the ice breath that he used in minute four of the movie? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. If Darkseid's weakness is freezing, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Uh, so then the, the Clarks show back up, and uh, they, they don't seem to have realized that Kara exists, or that they, they, I don't think they agreed to adopt her. <laughs> He just shows up and puts them in a position where they can't say no to this. And he destroys their house. Yeah. And their farm. And he's like, uh, I can fix that. And then she says this gross thing about, like, I know how to pound. Yeah. (laughs) I I noticed that, too. Yeah, I was like, like, why would you, like, this is a teenager, like, you like, you're talking to her newly adopted parents. Yeah. Um, and, like, you've sexualized her weirdly, like. But not in like very overt ways, but yeah. in these like very subtle little ways. But that line, it's like a, it's such a bizarre line that it it can't not be a double entendre. They, yeah, they can't. Yeah, it can't have been unintentional. Yeah, yeah, because nobody says that. Yeah, nobody <laughs> says that. Also, the joke writing in this uh, whole movie mm-hmm. subpar. <laughs> not great. Yeah, it was. Because anytime Batman like did a thing, he was like, 
down, boy, like, to the giant robotic dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, okay, like, I would have written that, but, like, with a lot of irony around it. Like, I don't like Batman's comic relief. <laughs> yeah, he was so bad at comic relief. Yeah, he's not supposed to be the comic relief. <laughs> he's then, supposed to be dark and broody. And then he and Wonder Woman were like a... <laughs> well, he was like, he always has to have the last word. And Wonder Woman, like, at, nudged him as if that was in any way a joke. Yeah. <laughs> I guess There's maybe literally the, no joke maybe there. the joke is that Batman has now gotten the last word. Yeah. And that it's ironic he saying his last word is that Superman gets the last word. Yeah, but, like... But Superman's already gone, so it's not really the last word between Superman... I don't know. The only thing like. that identified it as a joke is, like, that it was included in the movie. <laughs> Because it didn't have to be included in the movie. <laughs> that was the only reason. <laughs> uh, so basically, that's it. Um, they then they they go off and they they fly to Metropolis together. Uh, happy as two cousins can be. Again, not my <laughs> use the article. Not not five words. Yeah. Did they ever build the farm back? I, I guess we can assume they did it off yeah. camera. Um, yeah, but but for. A movie where so much of it was her trying to find her own identity and become her own person, to have her ending up dressed as her cousin, as a female version of her cousin, is weird. It's very, it rules. Very good. That's very good. It's like they, like a different person wrote the last five minutes having not seen the previous (laughs) hour. It's like the point of the movie is like, uh, I'm trying to fit in, and fitting in can be cool sometimes, but I should... Make a decision for myself. But my decision for myself is that I want to do exactly the same thing. Yeah. You we... always tell me what to do. You don't let me decide that I want to do what you want me to do. <laughs> it's my decision yeah. to be just like you. Um, you should. Maybe the decision is um, when a strong man is telling you to do something, you might uh, say no at first. But <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that that's the point of the movie. And I... Um, uh, don't agree with that point of the movie. I think the moral is that you, if you're a teenage girl, you should always listen to your cousin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> listen to your cousin. Your cousin dad. Yeah, your cousin dad. Uh, so w- that's Batman, Superman, Batman, Apocalypse. Yari, would you recommend this movie? Um, would I recommend this movie? To Batman completionists, yes. <laughs> to... Um, People who have never seen Batman before, if they have the opportunity to be on a podcast with you, yes. <laughs> I enjoyed it knowing that I was going to talk to someone about it. Yeah. But um, if I was just like sitting there alone in uh, a room watching it, probably <laughs> probably be like, oh, I wish I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, this isn't this isn't one of it. It's I've seen worse, but I've seen a lot better. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't waste your time unless you're yeah. on an obsessive goal to watch every Batman movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's, um, there's much better things you could be doing. With your time. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. So that uh, recommend it um, for completionists and for people who uh, want to be on a podcast with their friend Danny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so now we got to talk uh, about where this Batman belongs on our big list of every Batman ever, which is always very tricky when. My co-hosts aren't here, so you you have no real plan of reference. <laughs> and no plan of reference. Uh, so right now, our top two are Kevin Conroy, who's Batman in this, uh-huh. and Christian Bale from Dark Knight, yeah. Batman Begins, and Dark Knight Rises. Those are the only two Batmans that I've seen. 
Uh, yeah, so those are at the, the top two. Um, Kevin Conroy is, is number two. Do you, based on this performance, do you think he should be bumped up to number one? No, no, no absolutely not. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, the Dark Knight, the only other Batman movie I've seen, was a significantly better film yes. than yeah. this. Um, and below that is Adam West. I, I'm not going to put him below Adam West. I, I think he's... Uh, I love Kevin Conroy so much, and I, I think... I'm very optimistic that by the end of this, he's going to end up being number one, but this is not the movie that's going to put him there. Okay. So I'm leaving him at number two. Um, Yara, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, yes. Um, I have several things, if that's cool. Go for it. Um, as much as you want. Follow me on Twitter at Yari. That's Yari with nine A's. Y A A A A A A A A A R I. I have two podcasts, um, Influenza. Like Influenza, but with a C, where I talk to creative people about the music that influences their work in life. Um, Obnoxious Laughter with my co-host Spencer Moravec, who um, is very funny. I'm okay. And we dick around. <laughs> um, Spencer doesn't normally let me uh, get away with just mumbling about uh, SJW stuff, and he'll like <laughs> uh, push me into... Uh, <laughs> funny shit um, and we're just kind of heightened obnoxious versions of ourselves it's very funny um, I'm also on two improv teams um, one is called we're between the names Lenovo and my hot cousin um, we've been doing improv together for like nine months and we were going by Lenovo but um, there is a famous company with that name so it's a computer company so we have to probably change it so it might be my hot cousin coming up. I don't know when that's happening. Named after Supergirl. Yeah, named after Supergirl. <laughs> um, and I just joined a new improv team, Vaughn, who are very funny. That's Vaughn, V-A-U-G-H-N. Um, and I am hosting a show on December 22nd at Muchmore's at 6.30. Um, I don't have the lineup for it, but me and my co-producer, Emma DiMatteo, she's very funny. You can follow her on Twitter at Jokes on Emma. Um, and that's it for me. Uh, I don't have a lot to, to plug. i got a few shows coming up, but they're all going to be over by the time this comes out. Um, so follow me on Twitter at Danny Rathman, D-A-N-N-Y-R-A-T-H-B-U-N. That's also my Facebook. If you want to like and subscribe to the podcast, we really appreciate it. Also, if you want to tell some of your friends, uh, we, we love it when uh, people say that they, they told their friends, got their friends listening to this. It means a lot to us. Um, next week on the podcast, we are going to be watching some fan films. With, uh, with Jeremy Hammond. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very funny guy. Writer mm -hmm. for Hard Times. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you already end every episode by shouting the word Kareem. You want to lead us into Kareem? Just like a Kareem. Kareem. Ka oh, Kareem. Kareem.